is Nicole Whitney, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. It's a great honor to have you on the show tonight. Welcome, Deepak Chopra. Thank you. Yes, this is Uri. Hi, Uri. It's Nicole Whitney calling News for the Soul. Welcome to News for the Soul, Robert Allen. Thank you, Nicole. It's great to be here with you tonight. Why are you here? We're talking to Carolyn Mace about Sacred Contracts, one of her many best-selling books. Welcome to the show, Greg Braden. Well, good evening, Nicole. It's uh, certainly a pleasure to hear your voice and a pleasure to be here tonight. Welcome to the show, Stuart Wild. Thank you very much. John Kehoe, welcome to News for the Soul. Hey, how are you? Next up, Dr. David Morehouse. I'm so glad that you... News for the Soul is now in its 25th year of broadcasting. Tune in live or visit the archives at newsforthesoul.com. That's newsforthesoul.com. All right, and we are back. Special event. I haven't talked to Peter Sage in, I think the last time we talked, it was when all of that uh, global house arrest bizarreness was going on in fact our conscious corona coverage back in the day and over the time over many years i've had conversations he's always been my go-to guy um for thinking big and being incredibly positive amidst adversity in particular i remember peter the one time you told me that uh if you ever had to start all over, you'd be excited to do it again. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Nicole, great to be back on the show. And yes, I think uh, we've had several conversations around that. The fact that you know, when, when you really get down to it, you know, life is about, you know, it's about the journey. We know that. It's, it's, the, it's the getting it. It's not the having it. You know, that, that's transient. Who you become mm. in the process is really the focus uh, and that's really what I, I've always drawn from so but yeah great to be back in uh, on the airwaves with you girl it is so great to reconnect and you know this it's very timely um, because we've I think the first time I talked to you in fact you were like building something in space or something I mean, you've always been huge you know you don't you don't see the limits right now um, even the most uh, you know seasoned conscious person doing their inner work is is uh, perhaps challenged more than we have been in recent years with seeing, not seeing the limitations, right? Uh, there seems to be a lot of uh, um, division and um, the illusion. I mean, we've turned off the news, but it's, you know, they still find us through our Facebook posts late at night and everything else, you know. Um, and this is a time I find more importantly than ever for us to refocus. And I know you've got things cooking so that's what we're talking about today so have you been seeing that people are more challenged to stay on uh, keeping their energy up and focused and setting goals there's a phrase that i use a lot and it says that theory doesn't cover the price of admission to the higher levels of greatness yeah theory doesn't cover the price of admission to the high levels of greatness a lot of us have been doing a lot of work for a lot of years but Really, how does that validate itself? It validates itself by being able to apply that in real-world situations, not from the comfort of a computer. And we're seeing, I, I agree, a lot of tumultuous 
yeah, things going on right now. And the, the more tumultuous it gets, I'll be honest, the more excited I am. And that's because the, the most Im- important relationship to chaos and stress right now is one of empowerment, not disempowerment. So how do you do that? Yeah, how do you recognize yeah, where the gift is in all of this? And for me, we've known that yeah, the nature of consciousness is to rise. Yeah, you, you, you can't take a four-year-old and stop them being a teenager at some point. Right? It, it's the natural evolution of yeah, the, the journey. Yeah, you can't take a tree and say you're going to be a sapling forever. Right? There is an inbuilt intelligence that evolves. In fact, I'll, I'll give you a, a little insight for, uh, for the listeners here to, to, to play with so that they can, they can follow along you know, in terms of my thoughts. You know, if, if we want a clue as to what the nature or the reality of consciousness is in terms of why are we here, let's look at it this way. If we go back and look at 400 million years of fossil records, we'd be pretty much blind not to notice a pattern that the nature of life as we express it in this physical reality is to evolve. Now, what is it evolving or how is it evolving? What's the the rule set that's driving that? Well, it appears to be evolving into higher levels of complexity. If you take a, an amoeba yeah, and you take a human body, yeah, you've got a single cell amoeba and 50 trillion cells of the human body. What's the difference? Well, the difference is easy to see if you take 50 trillion amoebas and introduce one fuel source. right? Because then, I'll tell you what you have. You have war, right? <laughs> you have you know, fighting over what can I get for survival. That's a fear-based reality. It's a scarcity-based mentality. Yeah. So if you contrast that with the human body, current pinnacle of biological evolution, and we have 50 trillion cells, and you introduce one food source, we don't have war. We don't have the liver and the heart ganging up against the spleen and the kidneys to you know, <laughs> fight for who gets the most hemoglobin out of the blood. That doesn't work. So if we acknowledge that the path of evolution is to recreate life in ever more levels of complexity, we, we can see that. That's, that's evidence. It's evidenced. So the question we should be asking is, what is required for that to happen? And if you, you keep it simple, I'm a simple guy, the, the main criteria that differentiates 50 trillion amoebas in a, in a human body is the word cooperation. Mm. Your body is not coming at life from a fear-based reality of each individual cell fighting for its own agenda. I think it's easy to agree. Now, if you take the word cooperation and you extrapolate that to its logical conclusion, you pretty much hit one word, which is love. So you ask yourself the question, why are we here? What is the purpose of evolution? What's the purpose of life? It is to learn how to love. Now, what causes a lot of that? A lot of the time, if you look back through history, necessity. There is a built-in intelligence into, let's call it the algorithm of evolution, that 
adapt to necessity. So if we look at the chaos, the, the war, the, the, the fear, the uncertainty, for me, that is an amazing signal for the people who are higher conscious and for those that are not, that are sleeping awake, to actually have an experience, not an intellectualization, but an experience of what we no longer want to stand for. Mm. We need to be exposed to a level of dysfunction so that we don't wallow in complacency for accepting what is currently there. Does that make sense? It does indeed. And we could call that chaos. We could call that you know, transition. Only, only as much of a chaos as a teenager going through puberty or a two-year-old <laughs> finally realizing it's no longer the center of the universe but still wants to be, so stamps its feet in a tantrum. Well, you know, intellectually, too, I mean, it's, it's um, a lot of these things have been hidden. It's like they're, they're just being exposed and, and uncovered. Um, so in a way, I guess that's part of the evolution as well, right? It's, you have to pull up the rug to see you know, what's underneath, because if you weren't aware that the damp was rotting the floor, you know, you'd fall through the rug you know, when it was too late. Yeah. Right. There, there has been a lot historically. I mean, we understand the role of the secret societies over the centuries. And as consciousness has gone through its you know, evolution, at some point, you know, most people being egocentric have been misled, uh, sorry, have been under the impression that they have some level of divine rights by choice or birth or whatever it may be to control or dumb down the masses. Well, I'm sorry, that, that, that game is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Right? You, you, can't, you can't hide. As I say, the, you know, the, the, they are the two-year-olds that have been the center of attention their whole life, and now all of a sudden you know, they realize that the universe doesn't revolve around them anymore, but they still want it to. But yeah, it doesn't work that way. Now, is there going to be a transition? Yeah. Is there going to be pain? Yes, but the pain of the people listening to this show is only correlated to their resistance to the awareness of what I've shared. Mm. Meaning that if you can understand that this is a necessity for humanity to wake up and relax in terms of worrying about where it's going, because I can tell you, and any fans of David Hawkins will understand this. Power beats force over time every time. Case closed. Hmm. It's funny, I was just replaying one of our chats with him. Um, you know, I've, I've seen the collective, uh, you know, the, the focus used to be so much on prosperity in the early years, like the guests and the people calling in. It was always the number one thing. And we kind of, uh, you know, it, it evolved into more complex spiritual things and healing stuff and energy things and but i've seen in the last couple of years that it circled back around to uh you know a little bit more of that um survival fear lack stuff showing up again if again let's come back to evolution nicole this is a an important point Uh, if what, what separates humans as the 
you know, crowning achievement of biology at this state in terms of you know, levels of free thinking and consciousness is you know, why have we accelerated our spiritual awareness around the planet so much in the last compressed time frame of you know, 50-odd years even? Right? Mm. Why is consciousness accelerated? It's, in my mind, we understand that the reason that the animal kingdom is still at a level of consciousness that it's at is because it's primarily outer world focus in a survival mentality because when you're focused on the outer world, that survival and fear of what could end your experience of the outer world is prevalent. Now, for human beings for many, many centuries, it has been a fear-based reality. We didn't know if we were going to survive the plague. We didn't know if we were going to survive a famine or the winter. Most women didn't know if they were going to survive childbirth. We have had a lot of things to worry about. And when you're worried, you're fearful. The amygdala is the primary access point of the brain that determines your reality and filter. And unless that is calmed down, you don't have the ability to enter states of alpha or theta where you can connect with infinite intelligence, divine or insight or inspiration. And so if you look over the last 50 years, the vast majority of the fears of humanity have been alleviated in terms of war for the vast majority, famine for the vast majority, yeah, disease for the vast majority, yeah, drought for the vast you get the idea. The four biggest things that have plagued humanity have been eradicated out of the mindset of day to day people. And that has allowed us to calm down the brain from a fear based state and allow access to far more states of higher consciousness which are impossible when you're coming at life through fear. Makes sense, right? It does. So you know, again, if, if we look at the fact that you know, as we have um, retired a lot of the fear, we focus on prosperity. As fear starts to creep back in, yeah, scarcity you know, starts to come in, and now we become a self-fulfilling prophecy on you know, lack yeah. mentality. So I can understand now why people are starting to get scared or, you know, uh, the, the, the economy is causing people to worry or they, they don't have, they've not had to really drill down on their relationship to money because it's, you know, interest rates have been low, things have been okay. I mean, yeah, we had the whole COVID thing, but the thing with COVID is that there was a lot of businesses, and I'm not just talking about uh, being in things like PPE, I'm talking about a lot of businesses that learn how to pivot quickly that actually 10x themselves during that period because they were able mm-hmm. to adapt. And they were able to adapt because they weren't coming at it from fear. They were coming at it from what I'm saying here, uh, an uh, appreciation of opportunity. Two things have you know, gone through humanity for you know, millennia and will continue. Challenge and opportunity. And if you aren't battle-tested, you're never going to build the muscle to be able to bring it out at the times you need to. Yeah, and and the thing with the consciousness crowd too, it's like um, it's like the gestation period shortened, and we got really good at manifesting. So now, if we're thinking the wrong things, we can manifest in the wrong direction really fast. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I know that driving a bit, a bit as well. So how do we get back to being in our power and moving in the, in the right direction? 
Well, again, you, you, you hit part of that on, on the head. You know, there is an agenda that has been driven for centuries by the illusion of the privileged elite to disempower the masses. And the only way you can disempower or slow down the masses' rise in consciousness is through fear. Yeah, we know mm. that. It's pretty simple. When, yeah, when fear rises, intelligence plummets. Yeah, when cortisol goes up, immune systems go down. Yeah, it's, it's basic physiology. And if we can keep the people scared, we can prevent them from challenging us at a level of enlightenment that we, through some level of ego pride, deem uh, worthy of holding. And so uh, there, the agenda is to pump fear and uncertainty into the masses. Now, to, to use a metaphor that I, I, I use a lot, we are actually born as the star of the movie of our life. That's pretty obvious. Uh, why? Because we're the only people that are in every single scene of our own movie. <laughs> right? <laughs> Everybody else is either at best a supporting cast, maybe a spouse or a partner or a sibling or what have you, best friend, business partner. But the vast, vast, vast majority of people in your movie are nothing more than film extras in your movie. Now, my definition of a film extra, I'm not being derogatory, there's a, a definition here, is somebody you're not thinking about when they're no longer in your scene. So if we take that as a, a frame, you are the star of your own movie. You create your reality. You experience your reality. If you don't keep the reins tight on that, then you are going to essentially step out of your power and put yourself on the market as an unpaid film extra, most likely in whatever big-budget disaster movie you know, they're trying to script you into. Mm. And, and so it starts with a recognition that you are the star of your own movie. Once you pull that back, once you own that position, yeah, Brad Pitt doesn't walk on stage yeah, as the A-list in the movie and try to seek approval of film extras. He doesn't go and say, oh, how's that scene? Say, okay, how did I do it? No. He walks on set because he owns his role as the star of that movie. And if you don't do that, you are subject to disempowerment. You know, I used to say, if you don't write down your goals, you'll probably end up working for somebody who has. It's the same kind of concept. So the starting point is to recognize you never lost your power. Right? You simply chose not to step into it. You can't lose your power any more than you can lose your heartbeat. But most people aren't aware of their heartbeats. They're too busy distracted something, you know, somewhere else. Now, if you actually quiet the mind stilled out in stillness, you'd be able to feel that sonic pulse throughout your body 60, 70 times a minute. So you are a powerful creator of your own reality. But if you allow your outer world to dictate your inner world, you are always going to be creating more of the same. And if you drop into that fear-based state, then you know, uh, the, you know, if you look at a mirror, a mirror has one job to do. It's impartial. It doesn't get to change the rules. The mirror's job is to reflect. You look at a mirror, it'll reflect. Now, if you get angry at the mirror because it's not smiling, you can see the fallacy in that, clearly. 
Mm-hmm. But that's how a lot of people are looking at their reality right now. The reality is the mirror. You are the originating image. But what they're doing is they're forgetting that and they're swapping their power. They're, they're giving away their power as the star of the movie and they're becoming a film extra by reacting to the mirror rather than owning the fact that they generate the reflection. And it's easy to get caught up. If you want the mirror to reflect back something nice, yeah, money in your bank account, yeah, or a health, you know, a healthy body, and you're staring at it, and right now it's all obese, yeah, or it's like you know, you've got you know, bills coming in you can't pay. It's easy to get seduced by your sense data into reacting to the reflection. One has to appreciate that if you stand in front of a mirror and you're naked, you don't see what you had for breakfast that day. You see what you've had for breakfast for the last five years, right? Right. <laughs> if you're looking at your bank, and if you, you it's, it's a waste of time getting upset at the mirror. That job is just reflecting back the choices you've made historically. So if you look at your bank account right now and there's not enough in it, and you start getting upset, you forget the mirror. Take your power back and say, okay, I need to change the originating image. And I know that if I get more scared, the mirror is going to reflect back more evidence of being scared. If I get more angry or upset or in victim mode, the mirror's job is to reflect that back. I could be a good person. I could have the best intention. I could donate to charity and show up on church on Sunday. The mirror doesn't care. The mirror's job is to reflect. It probably does care. It probably wants you to win. But it doesn't get to change the rules. It's impartial. Right now, the, the biggest thing people can do if they're fearful is to cut the connection to being driven by the reflection. And that's tough if you've been trained your entire life to react to the outer world. But you wouldn't you know, moan at an apple tree for giving apples if you wanted pears. You would realize that you planted the wrong seeds. You don't blame the apple tree. You don't blame the mirror. You say, okay, I planted the wrong seeds. What do I do now? Because moaning at the apple tree ain't going to help. I know that it's time to plant pears if I want seeds and nurture that and water that. And I know with mathematical certainty that I will have a pear tree at some point. Some people are planting fear seeds and then moaning at the tree for not giving them love fruit. Hmm. Something to think about. It is indeed. Like you say, it's... it's, um it's one thing to say, another thing to do. Uh, I actually have an email uh, from Michelle in Ontario um, right on topic. She's like, I know what to do. I just can't seem to feel what I'm doing. So she's like in her head about it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you look at your environment. One of the things people forget is environment beats will over time. In other words, yeah, if, yeah, if I go to the gym, I can put in the work. I can lift the weights, I can get the sweat on, and I, I can do good. But if I then walk out of the gym and go to the ice cream bar uh, or McDonald's, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm countermanding everything there. I know what to do, and I'm doing it, but it's not creating the result. If you are 
you know, doing your meditation in the morning. You're, you're running through your morning routine. And then you're going and hanging around with people that look at life through why you can't, not how you can. Or yeah, you are, you've still got a news app on your phone that you don't think is affecting you because you don't really pay attention to it and you realize that your unconscious is actually sucking everything in and programming you at that level. Yeah, or you're just listening to yeah, news in the background. I can't even walk into a gym now if they're playing you know, constant negative news, CNN. Yeah. Right? I, or I'll yep. turn it off. Right? So you, if people are struggling, sometimes it can just be the little things they're forgetting to do because they're focused on doing the right things, but there's, there's still stuff in the environment. Are you, do you have an accountability partner? Do you touch base once a day, even if it's an inspirational message? Are you programming yourself by listening to the things that say and support the fact you can rather than yeah, why everybody else is telling you the world can't? So... Yeah, the first thing is to essentially, you know, let's look at a diet you know, parallel. Cut the sugar. Well, I only have a little bit. doesn't matter. You have to cut the sugar. Otherwise, candida is just going to stay there all the time sending messages to your brain saying, eat another bite. Give me another chocolate. So it's the same. You have to be as ruthless because the diet that you're most concerned with is not the food you're eating. It's the thoughts you're thinking. And so set yourself up to win. Your natural state is joy for no apparent reason. But if we've created rules around what has to happen in order for us to give ourselves permission to be happy, then we're at the mercy of things we can't control. Now, when it comes to how, how do I get back on track? As I said, first things first. A lot of people are overweight. You, you, you don't go to the gym overweight and walk out ripped. So appreciate that you're setting yourself up to win. This is a journey. It's direction of travel. Don't link happiness to the results. Link happiness to putting one foot in front of the other in a better direction. That's, that's setting yourself up to win to start with. If you realize that you're around people that are bringing you down, you've got to make some choices. Right? Send them love. It's not that we're better or worse. They're starring in a different movie. But if you hang around with nine recreational drug addicts, I've got news for you. You're going to become the 10th. If you hang around with nine people that are watching media and talking about the crap that was on TV last night, you're going to be impacted by that. You don't get to choose. You just get to adapt because your body is an adaptation machine and so is your mind. So you know, what is going on elsewhere in your life that is preventing you from making the gains or, or you know, actioning the awarenesses that you know, but yeah, right now might be hindering. That would be my first question. What's going on in her environment that she can control that she needs to set herself up to win more? What are you doing when you go to bed at night? Are you spending five minutes in gratitude, hunting for things that day if you have to, that you can appreciate? Or are you going to bed worrying about the fact you can't pay the bills and I wonder if this, per or this person said something nasty or you know, what's going on, you know, the world's going to blow itself up in 20 minutes or other, some other crap? Yep. So how are you programming yourself? How are you allowing yourself to be programmed? And are you consciously taking the reins on that as the star of your own movie? Yeah, absolute flat out first thing. Yeah, your body will respond. Your mind will respond. Your job is to yeah, choose what it's going to respond to. Does that help? 
Yes, um, actually perfectly in line with the email we just received from Andrew in New York, and he's asking about the monkey mind. Uh, the worst place to be is inside his head right now and is having challenges turning that around. So we have a, an assumption that in order to be higher conscious or whatever, then you know, this, we have to have this place of being able to be Zen and have no thoughts. And it ain't going to happen. Uh, in, in, it was hard enough 50 years ago without smartphones and anti-social media, right? Mm-hmm. But in today, today's world, it's very hard to turn off the mind. So if you're linking you know, meditations or trying to get insight into quietening the mind, you're in for a tough ride, yeah? unless you want to do 20 years in a monastery, which we don't have time for. So the most powerful way that I found I can help people is to understand What's really going on? Because if you are trying to use the mind to quieten the mind, as most people do, you're going to chase your tail. It's not that you can't shut up the mind. In all fairness, don't even try. It's the fact that you're identified with the mind. You see, what is the real power source that we know of in the physical world, that the greatest source of power in the physical world yeah the sun yeah the star that's yeah right but when we look up like tonight you've got just over a half moon we said wow the moon's shining bright tonight well i've got news for you no it isn't the moon doesn't give off one photon what we're actually seeing is reflected sunlight correct yes So the sun is illuminating the moon, and the illusion from Earth is that the moon is shining. Now, the real source of who you are is deep silence. It's it's beyond the mind. It is the, the, the essence of your soul, your spirit, the energy, oneness. That's the power source of the non physical. Now, what that does, that illuminates the mind. But because both are non physical, it's easy to be confused at a lack of separation. So we identify our awareness, our consciousness as us, and we identify our mind as us because it's non-physical. But if the mind, which is being illuminated by source, doesn't have power on its own, it is an imposter, if you like. So when you go to meditate, rather than trying to use the mind to quiet the mind, Instead, simply re-identify with the source of who you are. And when the mind's jabbering away, you realize it's just the moon that's shining. But you are the sun. You have Mm. a place that is beyond that. And now you're not trying to wrestle with the mind, which is what the mind wants, because it juices the, the, the activity. Now, another way you could look at that is to recognize the futility because the mind is, is you know, and the ego uh, are, are yabbling away. You're not going to shut them up. Not if you're in most day-to-day Western life reality where you know, your brain is trained to you know, seek distractions and attention every four microseconds. So if you recognize that if I study what my mind is doing, it's kind of a second-rate commentary diatribe, meaningless jumble, judgments and projections that actually have no use to my life for the vast 98%. And 
And if you look at that from the place of the sun, not the moon, you kind of pull back the curtain on the Wizard of Oz and you realize that the mind is basically just a spoiled little child that has no real significance in your life. And if you follow that and you can actually get to that level of awareness, it tends to humble the mind a little bit. It tends to like be exposed as the, the child on the soapbox with a megaphone, but when the adult looks at it, there's really a case of... <laughs> There's not a lot of substance there. Yeah? And for some people, that can help quiet the, the, the unruliness because it's been exposed for, you know, really, its own delusions of grandeur. Hmm. So you're talking about, like, the ego mind, the, the lower, lower self, you know, different words that people use, but that part of the mind... The, the, the monkey mind that's always trying to pipe up and make judgments and assess and, and yeah, figure stuff out and all of that, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, true, true yeah, inspiration obviously comes from, yeah, I, I say to my students, all your answers in alpha. Right? Mm. Alpha is where you can listen. Yeah, not beta. Beta is where your left brain is trying to figure it out. Right? You drop your brain waves past you have 12 hertz down into 11, 10 hertz, you're going to start getting ideas, creativity. If you can get down to 8 hertz, you're going to get genius and inspiration. You're going to know the answers to the questions that you don't even need to verbalize. You can just intend. Now, if you're not practicing that because you're too busy with headphones on and music in the background and thinking about all the crap that yeah, you need to sort out in your movie scenes, you're, you, you haven't built that muscle. You know about it intellectually. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go do headspace for 15 minutes and now I'm feeling great. But there's very little intent behind why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I want to build the muscle of being able to drop my own frequency. Yeah, or if you go to yeah, the Monroe Institute to get into a focused 10 state, right? that's, that's a muscle anyone can build, but most people don't. Just like you, know, you, you see somebody with a nice body, they weren't born with it. You see someone with an overweight body, they weren't born with it, right? There's no such thing as a good or bad body. There's a trained or an untrained body. There is a cared for or an uncared for body. You see that? It's the same for the inner body. But most people are, you know, don't learn this at school. They try to figure it out on their own on personal growth and spirituality, but then they get confusing because there's very few paths to follow that don't seem like they end up yeah, too far away or take 20 years to figure out, but just building the muscle of being able to be quiet in a space for 20 minutes. Yeah. And if you know, TM helps, use TM. If you know, mantras work for you, great. If you, know, if you need binaural beats, use binaural beats. Uh, some, they're all training aids. Like they're all training wheels on the bike until you learn to ride. But you know, if you don't know... Or say, or build, build a muscle, you're not going to be able to use it. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier about having support and accountability and, you know, um, I mean, with all the disconnected feelings I mentioned before that were spurring a lot of this resurgence of blech on, um, yeah. you know, um, getting a coach, getting training, finding something to connect with is, it seems critical. Um, 
is my little segue, my not so subtle segue. I know you have an event coming <laughs> up, and you want to hear all about it. <laughs> uh, Nicole, I, I was I was thinking a lot about this today, and, and and what we can do to help people because yeah, my my goal is to. To, to raise consciousness of humanity. That's my publicly stated mission for the last several years. It's what drives me, what gets me up early, keeps me up late, uh, and, and fuels my passion. Now, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate. You know, we've, we spoke, I think my first yeah, appearance here was 20 years ago, or, or just shy, probably about 17 years wow. ago on, on News for the Soul. Yeah, 2005, would you believe? So, bam, 17, 18 wow. years ago. And, um, uh, and yeah, I, as you know, I'm, my background is, is business. And I dropped out of school at 16. I started my first business at 17. I've been unemployable for 33 years. I'm 51, right? And you know, for whatever reason, I've managed to yeah, yeah, be, uh, combine two things that are very rare, right? One is an understanding of spirituality, the human condition, why we're here, where we're going, human behavior, all of the stuff. You know, what, what is it that gets us up early and, and yeah, or what is it that causes us to procrastinate or self-sabotage or, or deal with shame or guilt or, or run patterns of, of you know, destruction or hit glass ceilings or feel unworthy or carry guilt, duty, obligation, all of that stuff. And figure that out, but at the same time, figure out the game of business. And so, yes, I've, I created an event that I call the Millionaire Business School, which is a three-day event which essentially takes on high conscious spirituality in business and shows people how to clear unconscious blocks around money, poverty consciousness, how to replace that with abundance, how to clear out subconscious breaks, how to tap into that inner genius and, and be able to go to a place where you can have the answers that will give you the business plan, the ideas, how to vibrate at a frequency that will attract the partners, the, you know, the customers, the clients, what have you, uh, while at the same time teaching you the fundamentals of some of the greatest traits of entrepreneurs you know, in a simple, easy-to-understand way because you know, not everyone's got 30 years in, in business to master it. And... Uh, I, I rarely run that event. I, I do it maximum, you know, uh, I think I've run it three times in the last five years. And we're running it next week in Tenerife. And we're sold out. There, there's no tickets to sell. However, it's going to massively impact people. And I wanted to create something for your audience that would be a massive value add and also to help you, Nicole, because you've helped yeah, so many people. And this is an area that is coming back into fruition. Yeah, if people right now had an extra $100,000 in the bank, most people wouldn't be staring at the mirror reacting to scarcity. Yeah. Uh, if people had an abundance mentality around money, they'd never worry about what would happen in or out of their account. Yeah, I had a setback four years ago. I ended up a third of a million in debt. I had no credit rating. Yeah, I couldn't open a bank account. It took me less than 24 months to become a multimillionaire again. Not because I'm smart or clever, but because I know, I know how to apply the principles around abundance through the lens of commerce and business. So, yeah, the Millionaire Business School, we are going to be live streaming it. We've got over 1,000 people that have bought tickets. All my costs are covered. Uh, I, I do this because I want to help people. And uh, if you don't mind me saying, because I know we discussed this earlier, 
I've set aside, uh, and the live stream tickets we sell at $300, which, by the way, is an absolute steal. But I've donated 100 complimentary live stream tickets to listeners for News for the Soul for those that want to take action to come and join us at that event live from the comfort of your own home, live stream. If you're struggling with a business, if you've got a business idea, you don't know where to go, if you want to clear up some of your fundamentals around money, consciousness, abundance, mentality, if you want to reframe your ability to identify as an entrepreneur in a way that adds value to the world, then I'm putting 100 tickets together for the first people that want to claim those, no catch, yeah, no yeah, credit card number, no, nothing, nothing. I need your email because I've got to send you the ticket. But there's, <laughs> there's nothing else other than wanting to add value. And, Nicole, I know that you've been on a fundraiser as well recently. So my commitment to helping you because, again, I come from abundance and I've, I've been very fortunate enough to be able to crank that code. Right? Uh, I will make a donation to News for the Soul for every person that shows up who takes a ticket. It's easy to take a ticket, right? I'm giving it away. And the challenge for a lot of people is that if you don't pay, you don't pay attention. You know, you, you don't take a rental car through a car wash, right? It, it, if, you don't, if you don't own it, if you don't commit to something, it, it's usually you don't value it. I don't want that to happen because, you know, we've had a lot of people that have paid $300 for their live stream ticket. And again, it's worth every penny. And you get the recordings for life, by the way. Oh, wow. And yeah, and I want, if there's 100 people listening to this right now that feel that this would be an event that could add value to them and help them and get them back onto an abundance mentality, I want them to be the kind of person that's going to show up, not the kind of person that walks by the, the store and says, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll grab one of those because they're free and then drops it in the trash can 30 yards later. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I, I'm, uh, I'm going to reward, I'm, I'm, I'm going to donate these, as you know I have, to News for the Soul. I'll give the website in a moment where people can go. And if you're the first 100 people, then you've got a free complimentary access to the Millionaire Business School. It starts next Friday, which is the 3rd of November. It does run UK time. Um, we've got people signed up from Australia. We've got New Zealand. Yeah, they're, they're getting up in the night to, to, to join in. Now, I know, oh, wow. life gets, I know life gets in the way. If you can't join until morning time, your time, I get it. I'll still count it as a join. But if you... Uh, if you take the ticket and you show up, I'll make a, a donation to Nicole uh, to help News for the Soul. So I want to do my part to help you. I want to I do my part to help your listeners. I want them to do their part to help themselves by showing up, and they'll be helping you by you know, doing so as well. How does that sound? That sounds awesome. So win, 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 win. I love that. There you go. So... Uh, if, uh, I'll tell you a little bit more just uh, to, to clarify what the event is. And for the next 60 odd seconds, then I'll give you the website. And uh, anyone that's listening, please go there. And yeah, you've got a ticket on Nicole and myself to attend. Uh, and by the way, uh, in-person ticket, we've got several hundred people in the room. The cheapest ticket is $1,500. Yeah, the VIP tickets, diamond tickets are $3,000 sold out. That's how much value this event is given. And, you know, we've got over uh, a thousand five-star Trustpilot reviews on previous events. This is a, I'm passionate about delivering value. But let me give you a quick overview. It's a three-day event. Day one, we do not talk about business. Why? Because business is irrelevant if you're putting it over the top of fundamentally flawed thinking. 
If you mm. don't identify it, uh, if you don't know how to uh, step into the role as an entrepreneur, if you don't know how to handle uncertainty, if you don't know how to clean up your unconscious beliefs around money, if you don't know how to uh, reconcile wealth and spirituality, uh, if you don't know uh, <clears throat> yeah, how to, yeah, what's driving you, yeah, if you don't know how to pick the right idea, yeah, if you're chasing certainty instead of in being empowered by being able to generate certainty, then day one is going to clean all of that up. And it finishes with a powerful exercise in installing a new empowering identity that is profound and game-changing. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It's very intense. And you know, people love it. It's, it's transformative. Yeah, we have people that are in business for many years that show up uh, with their business partner. At the end of day one, they get a divorce. Yeah, why? <laughs> because they realized they were in it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. We had a gentleman that showed up to, to this program um, from Croatia, and the reason he showed up was because he needed to make more money. He owned a business, and he knew he wanted a divorce. His son was suffering from alopecia. His hair fell out. Nine-year-old son. Why? The doctors couldn't figure it out, but he knew it was down to the stress in the relationship. Mom and dad arguing, big impact on the kids, right? So he knew he had to get a divorce for the sake of his kids. And in order to do that, he needed to make more money in the business because he was going to lose half the, the, the business, right? Mm-hmm. So he saw an advert for the business school, signed up, so he was coming to make money. That was his motivation. He wrote me a beautiful letter at the end of day one saying that it had transformed his entire life. By the way, he also became a very much loving husband and sent me a picture of him and his family and his son with his hair grew back four months later. They'd never had one argument since. Day one is not about business. It's about the business of you. Now, day two and three, we talk business. And that can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Uh, but we live in a time in history now where it's so easy to generate money through uh, an online business or a, yeah, a, a, a static business or a traditional business. And so I take you through the 10 top skills and character traits and aspects of the best entrepreneurs, millionaires, centimillionaires, and billionaires I've had the privilege of living with, being in business with, partners with, and being mentored by over my 32, 33-year career. And it distills everything down. Because for most people, the emotional root of things like this is overwhelm, which leads to confusion, which leads to inaction. In other words, you learn something new or it's so overwhelming, you do nothing. And you run back to the patterns of certainty that give you the life you were trying to get away from in the first place. This is not about overwhelming you with knowledge mastery. This is about empowering you with self-mastery. And we cover... 10 things. Now, we also go through, and this is where the event gets its name from. We go through a workbook that you'll get, and if you're online with the live stream, we'll email it out to you in advance to get printed. And you will create a business plan and an execution plan for your business or your business idea that I guarantee will generate a million dollars in business for you over the next 12 months. And you will have the certainty of that reality. Now, whether you choose to execute that, I have no control over. Whether you choose to you know, run that for three months and then go off in a different direction because you're excited about something else, I have no control over. But for the people that are paying money in the room, I guarantee that, that they will leave after three days, you know, or the live stream, uh, with a plan to generate a million dollars, or I'll give them the money back. 
Now, that doesn't wow. happen here because you're not paying you're not paying for the ticket. Right? <laughs> so don't get a free ticket and moan. But but no, I'm I'm, I'm interested. But but the reality is I designed this event to empower people psychologically, spiritually, yeah, high consciously, and more importantly, teach them how to control their own income and generate prosperity in a way that they've probably never learned before. Mm. Wow. Would you well, like to know the website where they can get a ticket? Yeah, I was just going to say this is like the perfect antidote to everything we've been discussing uh, that's coming up yeah. for people. Well, it's my gift. Please take it seriously. Please don't grab a ticket if you're not going to show up. Uh, and there's a lot of information on the page as well I'm going to give you, but it'll be a link. Uh, it's uh, specifically for listeners here only. And, uh, and that is you know, obviously my website, which is petersage.com. Yeah, P-E-T-E-R-S-A-G-E, petersage.com forward slash N-F-T-S. News report, that's all. Yeah, petersage.com forward slash N-F-T-S. And the first 100 people on there, uh, if you want to go grab a complimentary $300 ticket uh, as my guest and Nicole's guest, then feel free. Uh, see you. Obviously, you're going to be coming on as well, Nicole. Uh, you've got your ticket already secured. I, I made Yay. sure of that. I'm excited. Woo! And very grateful. I, I love the win-win-win-win thing that you've set up for everybody. And uh, it has been so great to talk to you. Let's not wait a bunch of years between now and the next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's yeah. not. I, I, I want, yeah, I, I'd love to come back on it and hear from people that go through the event and, and their prosperity. Yeah, that, yeah, that's why I do this. You know, I, I don't need to make a bunch more money. I'm, I'm good. You know, I don't need another Ferrari. I, I don't need you know, any. And if I lost everything tomorrow, as you said at the beginning, it'd be a damn good excuse to go again. All right? This is what I do. All right? But what I am here for is something bigger than myself. I recognize that now. In my 20s, it was all ego and trying to make enough money to prove to the world that I was good enough so that I could get over the insecurities as a young man that I feared that I wasn't. But I've thankfully grown out of that. And right now, my mission, certainly at this phase of my life, is how do I empower more people so that we can get to the place where uh, people going through uncertainty can come out the other side and consciousness can rise faster to the place that we're all looking to get to. Yes. That's why we've been here 25 and a half years and counting. So... Woo! Um, we'll get that link posted up, newsforthesoul.com. Peter Sage, so wonderful to speak with you. Thank you so much for being you and doing what, doing your thing. My absolute pleasure, Nicole. Again, always here to serve, and I'm just so grateful that after all these years, you're still out there adding value, changing lives, being a source of inspiration, yeah, and doing God's work. Woo! God willing. <laughs> all right, Peter. <laughs> We'll talk soon. You're welcome. And uh, looking forward to the event. Petersage.com slash NFTS. Great. Beautiful. See you soon there. See you there, guys. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. 